The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by a guest speaker. The statements, views, and opinions presented in this message are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Westminster Seminary, California. For more information about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. That's online, wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474. 8474. It is a pleasure this morning to welcome Reverend uh, Nicholas Davis. He's the lead pastor at Resurrection Church in San Diego, an MDiv graduate in mid-2000s, something something along those lines, and worked for a number of years at Whitehorse Inn and with Modern Reformation, and so we're eager to have him open the word for us this morning. Just uh, one modification. It's not Resurrection Church. It's Redemption Church. But there are a lot of R churches in San Diego, so I, I pardon the confusion. It's, it's okay. You're absolved of, of such things. So, <laughs> If you turn with me this morning to 2 Corinthians, uh, that'll be our reading this morning from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We'll read verses 1 through 11. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the word of God and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. You also must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Would you pray with me? Uh, Father, this morning I just I ask that you would uh, bless my brothers and sisters um, in hearing your word this morning. Would you encourage them through any trial, any crucible, uh, any suffering that they're going through right now or may encounter in the next few months or years to come. Uh, may your your word and may Christ the rock, our rock, our hope, um, be our surety, our confidence. In Jesus' name, amen. So just be true to yourself. I think that sums up the message of Disney that I've heard um, ever since childhood, okay? It's just be true to yourself, Um, every every movie. In in classical antiquity, uh, the the high priestess, uh, the oracle of Delphi would put it like this, uh, know thyself. And so like in antiquity, 
in, uh, in our times, one of the worst cultural sins we can commit today is to be inauthentic, right? To not be true to yourself is a, is a horrible sin. You don't want to do that. Um, it's to lose yourself. And a person who has found themselves is one who is true to self, right? Somebody who knows thyself, wherever that leads, whatever that means. And it's, it's entirely based around the, the individual, the self, right? The selfie. Anybody take those selfies, right? Um, and, and so one of the ways we, we, we see this played out in our lives, I think, is whenever um, somebody that we know experiences or encounters hardship. It can be cancer. It can be divorce. It can be um, loss of a child. It can be a sick child. It can be job loss. It doesn't have to be that severe. It can just be piles and mounds and mounds of stress, right? Feeling burdened. And there's one lie that we can either tell ourselves or that we can tell to other people who are suffering. And that's um, a complete lie. And so this morning, I want to openly expose this lie for what it is. I want us to talk openly about it, this lie that we all believe. And then I want us to hear the truth that we refuse to believe, that we will not believe, that we won't allow ourselves to believe. And so I want to consider just two points this morning, um, the lie we tell ourselves and the truth we refuse to believe. So if you're taking notes, you can write those down. The lie we tell ourselves. So there's a lie we tell ourselves. What is that lie that we say to ourselves? Um, I think it's captured in the message of Disney. And yes, I'm, I'm hammering down on Disney. And uh, Disney Plus did just get released today. You can bet that every parent here is probably going to buy that for their kids. Um, so that's probably why it's even on my mind. But uh, the message of Disney would have us be comforters, right, of those who are in trials and suffering, um, who tell other people who are experiencing hard times, We'll say this, God will never give you more than you can handle. If you just believe, right, if you, if you put enough faith in yourself, or if you discover who you're always meant to be, right, or if you change yourself into something or somebody that you're supposed to uh, become, then you can overcome, right? That's the lie we tell ourselves in so many different ways. And have you ever heard somebody tell this lie to you? Maybe you were going through a hard time and somebody was trying to say something encouraging. They were grappling at straws and they, they pulled from Disney. They pulled from culture. Don't take my word for it, though. Let's look at uh, what the Bible says about this. Um, our letter, 2 Corinthians, uh, was sent and it was read at a time when Paul was... Uh, as an apostle, right, as as church planter of this of these churches, um, his relationship with these churches were, was very strained. It was damaged, and and there are adversaries, there are intruders in the in this this church who've uh, discredited him. And people in this church are questioning: Is Paul who lives in weakness, right? This weak Paul is he somebody who who really has the the power and the authority of Jesus Christ? How is that possible? Because when they looked at who was telling these lies, right, they saw credibility, they saw power, they saw authority. And then over here, you know, they look at Paul, they see a man who is weak, right? He's, he doesn't have power, he doesn't have credibility, he doesn't have authority. Their eyes still believe the lie that God will never give you more than you can handle. And so he writes, read with me now again, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, God of all comfort, 
who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it's for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you also share in our comfort. Did you notice how many times he says words that are so unfamiliar to us? Um, he says two words, right, that are basically non-existent in our daily chatter. Um, for example, when we say hello to somebody, you know, we, we, um, we walk up to somebody, we, we ask automatically, how are you doing, you know, um, how's it going? Um, and, and our automatic response, I think, is always just to say, I'm good, you know, I'm fine. Even if you just had the worst day you've ever had in your life, you're going to say, I'm good, because that's just what you say. Um, lately, I've been recovering honesty in that. And so when I'm asked, you know, how are you doing, Pastor? And if I'm, I'm having a pretty bad day, I might just say, I'm not having a great day today. Could you pray for me? You know, because I, too, can buy into the lie, right, that anyone else can. And I want to be honest about how I really am. And so these words, Paul says, they are uncomfortable words because success and power, right, and authority, credibility are what we hunger for, right? We want to achieve that for ourselves, and I think we want to project that to other people. Um, even as I was coming here to um, preach at my alma mater, thank you for having me, um, you know, I really struggled with what to preach on, and I was stressing myself out, and my wife was probably annoyed with how many times I, I bothered her with, oh, what should I preach on? And um, you know, I was wondering, should I preach uh, this sermon that really dives in the Old Testament and would make Estelle proud? Um, or, you know, should I uh, do my perfectly alliterated three-point sermon and Julius would be kicking and screaming out of joy? Um, or uh, where I really differentiate and distinguish between law and gospel and Horton would be really happy? Um, you know, just, I'm just racking my brain. How do I, what do I... Suffering, affliction, right? These are foreign words to us. It's how deeply seated the lie that we tell ourselves is. And, and I think we need Paul's emphatic emphasis to stress and to break us out of this deep-seated lie. Uh, now, the, and I'm no expert in, in Greek. There are experts here. Um, but the, um, the word that I can, I can best think of to capture the sense of affliction, at least something that really um, people can relate to um, and that Paul describes here, I think is the word pressure. Um, it's that feeling of enormous pressure uh, we get when we're overwhelmed and we're out of time. And uh, have you ever been put on the spot before? I see it in some of your eyes. I see some head nods, you know, papers are coming. All of those reading lists are due. Is Clark still giving an insane amount of reading to you guys? Yeah. see a lot of head nods. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, you know, so you're stressed. You have work. You have family. You have seminary. You have intern hours or other obligations, family, life. And um, you've been asked to do too much too soon with too little time. And you don't know how you're going to do it all. And the stress piles on, right? Pressure. 
1981, uh, Queen and David Bowie, they struck a chord uh, with their hit song, Under Pressure. Has anybody heard that song before? I'm pretty sure everybody knows that song. Um, cue the hi-hat, then there's that bass line that no, no one can forget, right? Do, 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 do. Right. Not Ice Ice Baby for all those that are born after like the 90s or something, but um, you know, Under Pressure, Queen, um, the legit song. Some piano, right? Percussion, cymbals, clapping hands, snap your fingers, and then there's that electric guitar, and then the unforgettable vocals that say, Under Pressure, right? Pushing down on me, pressing down on you, no man asked for. Under Pressure that brings a building down, splits a family in two. Puts people on streets. And the, long, the song ends, um, this is our dance. Yes, this is ourselves. Right? Describing the human experience. They put this common feeling to music of what it feels like to be stressed out and burdened by something or someone. Do you feel me on that? Anybody feel me? Ever been there? Yeah? A couple humans in here? Okay, good. Awesome. I'm human too, right? Um, but students, professors, parents, employees, bosses, right? It doesn't matter who you are. You, you can experience that. Those in ministry, those who are not in ministry, uh, you can feel under the gun. And sometimes it just takes the right combination of circumstances and you're overloaded. And that's because everybody's human. But we all keep buying into the lie, don't we? We buy into the lie. We'll ignore crucial facts about our lives in order to bypass and avoid that uncomfortable truth. What's the truth that we refuse to believe? What is that truth? The truth we refuse to believe, because this truth will free you from whatever affliction you're currently in right now or what you might experience in the future. And this truth is so hard to believe, right? So, it's so difficult. It's so hard. But it's freeing once we believe it. And so I want to tell you the truth. God will absolutely, 100%, positively, give you more than you can handle. Sometimes he will give you more than you can bear. Look with me at verse 8. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. Now, we don't know what exactly Paul experienced. Um, commentators go on as they commentate right? endlessly. Um, you, can, you can read and read and search for the answer. And uh, there, there are about three uh, general categories that um, people try to explain this, three main options. Some say Paul was suffering a mental illness, some kind of mental breakdown or lapse. Um, others say uh, Paul had a terminal illness that perhaps turned around and he recovered from and he got better. Others say he was suffering persecution and uh, fleeing for his life and he was on the run. And I, I, the specifics don't really matter to us here. I, I think if, if they really mattered, I think he would tell us what, what it was. He would say it outright. I think Paul's being vague here because he wants us to see it's all of the above. It can be any number of things that put you over the top that can happen to anyone. <coughs> Excuse me. Every time I preach in Second Corinthians, I'm sick. Just, it's just one of those things. I feel like 
just don't preach Second Corinthians and you'll always be healthy, okay? Um, just kidding. But. Um, I, he's being vague here, and, and um, it's something that happens to everyone. Um, can you identify with what he shares here? He says, so utterly burdened beyond our strength, he says. We despaired of life itself, he says. We felt that we had received the sentence of death. Whatever Paul was experiencing, it had pushed him over the edge, right? It was beyond his own resources. It was far more than he could personally bear. It was bigger than he could handle. And so does God just give us what we can handle? Not according to the Bible, right? God gives us, God may also give you more than you can handle. I want to share something that... um, it's very difficult, and it's still socially unacceptable to talk about. Um, but a, a pastor I met a few years ago, um, his pastor, his mentor, um, took his own life. And hearing this, maybe you're already thinking, um, though I hope not, but maybe, maybe someone's thinking, well, you know, perhaps he, he deserved it. Uh, maybe he was guilty of some besetting sin or, you know, caught in adultery or some kind of public scandal and it was too much for him or, or maybe his theology was wrong. And I think that makes it easy to dismiss. You know what, though? This pastor, right, he ended his life not because of too much failure in his life, but because of too much success. Um, he was a, a well-known preacher. He was planting churches. The, the building um, project was, was going as planned, right, a new church building. He was known for being a great counselor to other people. And you see, when we refuse to to believe the truth that God will give us more than we can handle, sometimes we believe that we're just out of options. And we think there's no place to turn. There's nobody who will listen to us. There's no one who can understand. No one who can feel what we feel. And that's the lie, right? That's the lie. Not the truth. The truth is there is help. There are people who will listen. And there's a God who's not just up above, but who came down below in his son, Jesus Christ, to give hope and freedom in your pain, your affliction, your suffering, this momentary affliction. God's plan for your suffering is redemption, no matter how bad it's been. And so you, you might be thinking now, right, after a somber song and, and sort of a, a depressing start to Second Corinthians, um, why, right? Why would God give us more than we can handle? Why would I have to go through such hell in this life sometimes? Isn't God supposed to be loving and kind? And why do I have to endure such affliction? God's purpose in giving you more than you can handle is so that you would stop relying on yourself and you would trust in God. Yes, he wants you to come to the end of your rope, but not so you would be strangled by it, right? He wants you to come to the end of your rope so that you would believe not the lie, but the truth. And here's the truth. Don't refuse to believe it any longer. God wants you to trust in him and everything. Look with me at the second part of of verse 9 here. 9b But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will deliver us again. 
suffering and, and unfair circumstances and they, they, they can and they will happen to you at some point and you'll be in the thick of it. You'll be going through a fiery trial, a crucible. And it's hard. And there are two ways that we can respond to such suffering. We can, the first way, right, is we can keep trusting in ourselves, which leads us to despair and bitterness and relational breakdown because when the pressure's there, who can bear it, right? Nobody can. The second way we can respond to suffering is to cast our cares onto the one who cares for us, right? The one who cared so much for us that he sent his son to endure the worst kind of divine affliction any human being could possibly ever bear, right? So we wouldn't have to bear that. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about his glorious gospel. The pressure that you're under does not have to end badly, according to Paul. He's offering us not just a, a, a way out, right, escapism, but he's offering us a way through suffering that leads to encouragement and comfort and hope. And so when you face the pressure, when it mounts, God wants you to come to him and dive deeper into authentic community with others who suffer too and who celebrate together a confident, beautiful hope in the gospel of Jesus Christ. The victory through the one who suffered for us, yes, but who was also raised for us triumphantly, gloriously. God allows for us to be put under pressure so we'll learn and we will relearn how to trust in the one who had power over death, who killed death, and who offers you the one who bore more than you could handle for you. Let's pray. Father, we know that that true authenticity is not avoiding the appearance of suffering and authenticity is not believing the lie that you won't give us more than you can handle that we, that we can handle, but the truth that you will give us more than we can handle sometimes and authentic people and and an authentic community won't act like we're too good. So we have to try and, and power through it or just fake it till we make it. But Authenticity is recognizing that our lives are, are, are marked out by both suffering and comfort, by both affliction and encouragement. And Lord, seeing this obvious weakness is actually a, a key sign that we are in fact authentically created and redeemed and loved by you. This is the upside down way of Jesus at work in us. And so, Lord, uh, we confess and we pray right now the preacher's memory verse, apart from you, Lord, we can do nothing. We now know that you will sometimes give us more than we can handle. And when we're brought low, when we're brought down to our knees, when we're at the end of our rope, Father, help us to give up our self-reliance and instead trust in you for everything every day for the rest of our lives. Amen. Copyright Westminster Seminary, California, 2019. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.